RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, all right, <laughs> comedian Tara Devlin. I feel like, ugh, comedian. What's so funny? What's so fucking funny? That's the thing about being a comedian. I don't know if you've ever been backstage. Oh, shit. You can hear that, right? Music intro. Okay. Don't confuse me, haiku. You can hear me, right? I thought you were saying you couldn't hear the music. Can you hear the music? Can you hear? I wish my grandma would come and get me. I can hear the... No, I'm only kidding. Okay, good. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been backstage at a comedy show. It's almost like sometimes it's not uh it's not a joyous affair usually <laughs> comedians are fucked up so a lot of them are i mean not all of them most of them just most not all but most but yeah i thought i'd do a show tonight i don't know i always call this tower buster the therapy for the resistance. Now that I'm, I started the show, I'm like, why the fuck did I start the show? But we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. So I got to, you know, go with it. And I, I'm just in a really bad space. So about life and the, everything that's going on. I've had a headache for about a week now. And I looked it up. It's it's on the top of my head. And I looked up headaches on the top of your head and it said tension headaches. Mostly on the t- that's where you get them, tension because he- I never I usually don't get headaches on the top of my head. And I have had headaches my whole life. I've been I've had migraines my whole life. That's and it's, this is different, so I was like, is, am I bleeding in my brain? But um, I figured that I'd be dead by now. So if I, right? Or I would be showing some other symptoms like cognitive. I'd be babbling. I'd might, maybe I'd do a show like right now when I'm in the worst mood of my life. So um, yeah, tension headaches are most common caused of headaches that occur on the top of the head. I didn't know that. They cause a constant pressure or aching around the head, which may feel like a tight band has been placed around your head. You may also feel a pain in your neck or near the back of your head or temples. The pain is dull and doesn't throb. It has much less severe than a migraine. Although these headaches are uncomfortable, many people with tension headaches are able to resume normal activities. Yeah, I get, I've been doing normal activities, whatever normal is, now at the end of the world. And it just doesn't go away. And whatever. I guess I, it's almost a relief to know it's tension. It was one time I went to the doctor because my eye was twitching. I went to the eye doctor. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I remember her saying, oh, it's stress. But my eye was like, bling, 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 bling. Eh, it's the stress of living in the United States of serfs and lords. This country really will give you PTSD. I guess I'm sharing because sharing is caring and whatever. 
Nobody gives a shit anyway. I'm in a pissy mood because yet again I reached out to um, AOC Alexandria Al- Arcasio Cortez, my representative, to appear on the show. I actually called up her. She has a coffee. It's called Coffee and Conversation on Wednesdays. She does it intermittently. I was the first caller on that show. I, I'll probably cut that into a little video and put it online. Fuck it. And she, um, anyway, I was the first caller on that show that she was doing. Her call, uh, it, it was only for constituents. And I had a nice little conversation with her. I didn't say anything about the show at the time. I was like, I'm a constituent. I really had um, this in mind to talk about what we talk about here. And what I asked her and said and suggested to her was, why don't we progressives, and it's what we talk about all the time, reframe our policies, our initiatives, as the patriotic imperatives that they are. Why don't we reclaim the mantle of patriotism? It's ours. That's how we we have, we have a goddamn United States. The U.S. was a patriot, not a patriot, a, well, patriotic. It was a progressive experiment. Yes, with all the flaws, I understand. The racism, the genocide, the misogyny. Okay, I get it, yes. But it was a progressive initiative that said we don't need a king and an aristocracy. That's where it started from. That was, and that is and remains progressive. And they also said, why don't we, what we need to do, well, I don't know how, I can't remember how I phrased it, but how, uh, what we really should do is, like we talk about on the show, why don't we reframe Medicare for all, universal health care, universal higher education, all of those things as the patriotic imperatives that they are. It's not just nice. It's not moral. It's not just... A, a, a friendly thing to do it is a patriotic imperative you don't have a functioning democracy without uh, when you have a country that leaves so many people behind and this is what we spoke about uh, and she agreed and said yeah there's different ways to frame things for different when you're talking to different people and, you know, maybe conservatives. I really, I am of, of, uh, of uh, the opinion. And also they've done studies about this, how you frame, for example, climate change when discussing with conservatives. They, they've, they did this study with conservatives and liberals, how, uh, and it was about messaging. I'm sorry, I've got to put the fan on more. It gets hot when I start talking. And... So they framed, they sent out mailers and they, get, and they did questionnaires around these mailers concerning climate change and which uh, mailers were more effective. They tried different strategies and they found, and we could have told them this, that when you framed climate change as a patriotic imperative, 
conservatives hopped on board. It wasn't about uh, government tyranny or whatever the hell they frame it as. I have no idea. A hoax? It was, we are preserving and protecting the Purple Mountain's majesty, the Fruited Plains, the sea to shining sea. We're ensuring that the beauty of America remains intact so uh, uh, so the community can share and also we can pass it on to our uh, to our heirs and the conservatives they were able to hear that argument and that's not it's not just why i think that this is the way we need to frame shit but it's it makes a hundred thousand percent sense. It was I read that study after I mean I had already come to this conclusion. It makes so much sense to me. Anyway, I don't know. There's something. Some hair is stray and it's pulling on another part of my body. Maybe I'm having a I don't know who the fuck knows. Maybe I'm uh, tripping out. Maybe I have a acid flashback or something. But I wish, right? God damn, I need a vacation. So. I'm annoyed right now, too. I'm very annoyed about life. I'm annoyed about living in this goddamn country, the United States of Serfs and Lords. And I'm also annoyed, practically. I got, I received a rejection yet again. How many times do I fucking reach out to liberals and, because you guys ask me all the time, why don't you get this person on the show? Why don't you get that person on the show? Why don't you get, I fucking try. And so I asked AOC yet again, can we, I, you know, I, whatever I wrote to her, uh, in the, her media people, I had the pleasure of being the first caller on her coffee and conversation. And we discussed blah, 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 blah. Would, I would, uh, request respectfully request, uh, another 15 minutes or of her time to come on this sh- show that is also on the progressive voices channel on TuneIn in and progressive voices has a million subscribers and, you know, trying to get her to just, you know, at her convenience, it didn't even have to be this fucking time. I will go to her. I'll call phone call, zoom call. Skype call any any effing time, day or night. We are sorry, we are unable to accommodate your requests at this time. And then I, I'm I'm just pissed off. And I wrote back, okay, is this at this time or should I just fuck off? I didn't say that. That's the shorthand. But I, it annoyed me. You know why? It's not just the rejection of course nobody likes being rejected but i as we always say the bigger picture first of all she's my fucking representative and she wouldn't even be in the goddamn office if it wasn't for me (laughs) not just me other people here but you know she should at least have some uh respect Uh, you know what i mean as a constituent and when she first got elected i asked her and then we got rejected then too. So that's like, okay, how many times are you going to fucking reject us? Should we stop asking? And, but here's what annoys me. It's the bigger picture. It's not just about this show. It's about what I talk about all the time. Conservatives understand 
that, all right, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen, that they need, that they cannot advance their agenda without the effing media. Small and large, high and low, they help each other out. Their message is pervasive. How do you think fucking, I mean, we we go over this every week. Tommy Lauren, James O'Keefe, Breitbart, all of these disgusting human beings have become uh, pretty uh, pervasive in the right-wing blogosphere, but they started as little tiny YouTubes, YouTubers or whatever. But the liberals do not help the small liberal media outlets. Now, the conservatives, on the other hand, they understand the whole, the bigger picture because they, uh, in their whole argument, they, they get it. Let me tell you guys, we will not win without a media message without the pro- the progressive media being ubiquitous the message of progressivism being uh, everywhere the conservatives understand this the, and it's not just me saying it we got the receipts we know who funds breitbart we know who gives money to james o'keefe they don't it, it's they they get that without media now let me tell you without media we will not win this is why we're in the boat we're in it's why i do what i do now i have i know you know this is what i like doing i work in television i have always done that and it's always about, it really, it's just about connecting with people. It's communications. I have a fucking master's degree in communication. So I've studied this, and I've also studied history. So let me assure you guys, we will not win without media. So they got the corporate media. What do we have? They have, the right-wingers have corporate media. They have all the YouTube, the social media, they're all over Facebook like a fucking plague. So in here in liberal land, the dumb fucking liberal land, this is what the the conservatives understand because every time a conservative outlet has more is elevated, they say, "Oh, look." So they take like a diamond and silk or Tommy Lauren or whoever the fuck, like these dumb effers, dum-dums, literal, little, literal dum-dums. We know that Tommy Lauren is a dum-dum. Who in their right mind wants to sit down and be lectured by Tommy Lauren? Not, you know, I'm not lecturing, but you know what I mean? Who wants to listen to that shit? There's no historical context. She doesn't understand what she's talking about. She is a parrot of the oligarchy. And that's why they fund her, because it says, because that says, then they can pu- push, push this message out that says that, oh, look, we are everywhere. They, 
concern liberal message the liberal message doesn't resonate with people you see small and large high and low conservatism that's where people's hearts are as you can see by the way their youtube channels blow up and their and their books fly off the shelf and but we understand just like little traitor tot donald trump jr his fake uh daddy can please love me book triggered which I'm sure he didn't write. I, I, I'll take that to the bank. And they also didn't get on the bestseller list legitimately. They bought that book in bulk. They do the same thing for liberal, for, I mean, for uh, their small independent outlets. They fund them. They will pull them out from YouTube and put them right on Fox News. Oh, and here's a segment with whatever, this latest conservative uh, firebrand on liberal. I mean, on liberal. Why keep saying liberal instead of YouTube? But YouTube, that's how they win. And that's how they're winning. It's not because their message is, it resonates, it doesn't. They only fucking pretend it does. They have to get us to think it does. Oh, nobody. You see, it's like the same thing that happened with Air America Radio. That was mismanaged. It was bought by conservatives and mismanaged financially. And then it goes out of business. But it was, it's not that it wasn't popular. But liberals just don't fund that shit for some reason. And they'd rather go sit on MSNBC and what? What is MSNBC doing except the same old shit? Now, I've been talking to average people. I talk to neighbors, people I know, uh, friends and acquaintances. And you and I and all of us here, we're, we're politically aware. We're engaged. Not everybody's like that. But you don't have to be engaged. Even those that I know who are engaged, not, you know, engaged to be married, but engaged with uh, politics, I say to them, you understand that the United States is the only country where 40 million people are out of work. That in Europe, they don't have an a, a, uh, unemployment rate. Like, they have the same pandemic. They don't have the same amount of death. And they don't have this uh, crisis in unemployment. Nobody knows that. I'm, I'm, fa- I'm fucking flabbergasted by that. Why nobody knows that. Now, you have, a, you have six giant transnational corporations owning the megaphone of the media. And they can't squeeze that in? Why? Every day, oh, the unemployment rate, 40 million people out of work. Why wouldn't they tell people that, that all over the world, we're the only ones with 40 million out of work? Why? Maybe because then the game is up? The jig is up? They don't get to uh, pretend? That, I don't know, that the system is functioning and all we need are a few nicer cops? Fucking Jesus Christ. So I'm pissed off. 
I really am. To take, so they had, I don't know, honestly, today, I say a lot, I say honestly a lot. I do, I have, I have some verbal tics. What do you want? I'm not uh, Tommy Lauren. For fucking sake, I'm sick of it. Yeah, we maybe need that, Andrea says. Maybe we need some volunteers to drive around with megaphones. It might come to that. But I'm, I'm really irritated because, you know, I know how Progressive Voices is struggling. And I know how this show fucking struggles. So, what the hell? You think maybe the, the liberals who make it up the ladder a little can reach back? And do what the fucking conservatives do? And pull them up? Because as we all get pulled up, we get to pass more policies. We get to enact more progressive... I, I, the, uh, we get to bring the progressive ideals to fruition. We get to rebuild the middle class that was built in the first place by progressive policies. It wasn't built because the fucking billionaires wanted to trickle it on us. They felt like generously trickling upon us. No, I'm sorry. So this is why we're, we are where we are. And that, yes, that's a cat toy in the middle of the floor. If people are wondering, what is that? That is a toy. And it has a smiley face on it. So naturally, cats want to murder it. Because that's all they do, is they play at murder. It's all murder, 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 sun up to sundown, murder, murder, murder. Sort of like capitalism. So anyway, I'm annoyed. And I also... I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it all. So, uh, yeah. We got... So today, the Democrats, because they're so great at... And I'm talking about Democrats, too, by the way. The reason why we're in the fucking boat we're in is not just because of Republicans. Yes, they're fascists. They're disgusting. They are the beating heart of, uh, of fascism. They, I mean, they're, they're a disgrace. They hate democracy. They are unfit to hold leadership positions in a modern nation. They have the emotional maturity of a schoolyard taunt. Yes, all of that. The, a collective emotional maturity. All of them put together. But they couldn't do what, what they want to do. What they couldn't do, have done what they have done to this country without the help of the conservative Democrats. They're part of the problem. Yes, they are. And, and um, shame on me, frankly, for having, you know, for thinking that uh, other progressives, are, are, that they have a clue. You know what I mean? that they also have a club. Maybe I'm wrong. I guess maybe. And then I say to myself, well, maybe I just, I should just fucking give it up. What's the point of constantly? It's like Atlas rolling a goddamn boulder up a hill constantly. Right. Was that the one with the boulder? 
and it kept rolling down. Atlas held up the world. That was that Atlas shrugged. Who hurled the boulder? Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yes. The internet is a great thing. Thank you. Yes, that was Sisyphus. Oh, oh boy. That's how I feel. Fucking Sisyphus. Sisyphus Buster. <laughs> That's what we're going to call this show. Sisyphus Buster. Roll up the fucking boulder up the hill. Boom, boom. Here it comes. Back down. I have a... I just have... Um, I guess my bubble is always being burst by people in general. I just not... I don't know. Whatever. I'm in a mood, but... She, I just expected more. Five, ten minutes. God damn it. Any day of the week, any time, just give this fucking fledgling, struggling network and show, you know, some, sprinkle some, trickle some of your fucking, uh, media presence on us that would help maybe that will bring us some new listeners and viewers and supporters and also promote the progressive ideals that will pass some fucking policies or maybe it's because i curse too much i don't give a shit at this point who cares If you're not cursing, you're, uh, I don't know. I was going to say, you're not paying attention, but maybe your mother raised you better than my mother did. She tried. She, she washed my mouth out with soap once, and it wasn't fun. And it didn't work. So it just made me mad and hate her. <laughs> I, mean, I got over it, but. Nobody likes getting soap put in their mouth by their mothers. I think she's thought that she saw that somewhere. I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. She saw it somewhere. She thought it was something good to do with a parent. My mother was a bit horrible mother. She really was. No offense to mama. And I've had a lot of therapy to come to grips with that and also forgive my mother for doing the best she could which was pretty subpar <laughs> I mean I really could have been better off raised by a pack of wild dogs frankly but at least then I would you know dogs are very family oriented so they probably would have come to one of my basketball games <laughs> anyway that's why we call this therapy for the resistance. Yeah, no, she wasn't equipped. Not at all. She had her own shit, her own issues. But I, yeah, I loved my mother. You can't help it. It's a primal thing. And I forgive my mother. But 
And I also, I have to say, when she got sick and when she was old and when she was sick, I was fortunate and only because I had been clean and in recovery for a long time and had a lot of therapy for a long time that I didn't use her sick. I didn't, I wasn't like, well, I'm not helping her. You know what I mean? And I, cause I didn't want any regrets for myself cause it, re, it wasn't about her. It wasn't about the kind of person she was. It was about the kind of person I am. So I did as much as I could for her when she was not well. And I tried to, you know, uh, have, I just tried to, I, I kind of, you know what happened? I stopped expecting her or wanting her to apologize. And I stopped expecting her or I stopped giving her the, the authority over my happiness, so to speak. Cause I was always kind of waiting for her to recognize how much she had hurt me. And she never did in her mind. She was, she was like the best mother ever. <laughs> so, and only my sister understands this completely and, and my brother. But my brother left when he was young. He was like, I'm out of here. Fuck this. But my sister and I, like, we, you just know. No, we've, we've, I've already, my sister and I would talk about this. Like, no one will know. No one understands. Except us. <laughs> so, how, because, you know, you think, everybody thinks, oh, your mother, they love you. My mother was... I believe, and now looking back, I think my mother was a narcissist. She couldn't help it. But she was very sick. She had a very fucked up childhood. Very, very damaged. So, hurt people hurt people, as they say. So, we do what we can. Anyway. Let's see. So, I was going back to politics. Not my mother. And she was a nun. What are you going to do? She, she became a nun. She was poor. That's part of the reason. But I think she really believed it, too. She was a twin. My aunt and my mother were twins, but they weren't identical, thankfully, because that would have been fucked up. Like, two of my mothers coming at me in stereo. So they... But my, mo my aunt was a... She was like... Uh, like a party gal. I mean, maybe she was probably just regular, not really over the top party. And my mother was a nun. And when my grandmother died and they were twins, so they born the same day <laughs> and they were very close. And when my grandmother died, we found letters and stuff. And she, my grandmother had had some letters of my aunt's of my mother to my aunt. I don't know why, but I guess she hold, held on to them from my mother writing my aunt from the nunnery, whatever, the nun house, the nut house, nun house, asking her to stop her evil ways. So, <laughs> like, going out and drinking and whatever she was doing. I mean, it must have been the 40s, the 50s, who the fuck knows. And... Anyway, what was I saying? So, 
let's get back to politics. This isn't therapy. It, well, well, life is therapy. Life is traumatic. It can also be therapy. What do you want? That's why we do, people like this show for some reason. They like, they don't know. It's sort of like watching and never knowing when I'm going to finally completely crack. Right? Who knows? But one time I'll, you'll get on here, I'll be drunk. <laughs> no, no, no. God forbid. Just kidding. I haven't drank in many, 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 many years. Home. Double decades, double digits, babies. So, and let's not put an end to that, but one day at a time. But that would suck. Could you imagine that? That maybe that'll get some fucking viewers. Who knows? Whatever. No, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. So, all right. Well, well let's look at uh, what happened today. Okay, let me get focused. Get back. Get back from the past. All right, in the present, everything sucks. Yes. Okay, we're all cut off, caught, caught up. So, um, I'm seeing. I'm seeing what's happening, and I don't like it. Besides being told by my representative AOC that she doesn't want to come on my dinky ass fucking show, I, and it pisses me off because you know Hannity will have. Tommy Lauren went before. Yeah, this is how they make them. They make them into little celebrities. Not that I want to. It's not about being a celebrity to me either. It's about fucking winning this country back. That's what it's about. God. So, okay. Um, but all over the goddamn corporate media... And the Democrats. Here's the Democrats. Here's what we got today. Good for them. Platitudes. Change we can believe in. Congress, Senate, and, and House Democrats honoring eight minutes and 46 seconds of silence in remembrance of George Floyd. Wonderful. Okay. They're all wearing... African-American, I don't know, what is that, a traditional scarf? Okay, they're all on their knees, forward, I'm just forwarding, except for Jerry Nala, because he's got something wrong with his knees. Is that AOC? I can't tell, tell you the truth. No wonder she can't come on my show. Too busy doing a platitude show. She's just show. She's doing some sh of, of, uh, a show uh, of platitudes. <laughs> the show of platitudes. And then, so great. They all took a knee. Wonderful. I guess it's over now. Racism is over. And they not just racism. The class war. We could all go back to being great. There's no more class war. There's no more income inequality. Worse than ancient Rome. There's no more upward immobility. Whee! 
There's no more, um, the majority of Mer- Americans can't save 400 fucking dollars. Wow, that's over. There's no more millions without health care or thousands needlessly dying without health care. Isn't that great? After all, that's all that needed to happen was we needed for Dems to recognize that there's some bad cops and uh, take a knee. Take a knee now. Everybody wants to take a knee now instead of doing what needs to be done. Do you hear any of these Democrats talking about why are... The United, why is it that the United States is the only country with 40 million out of work? No other, no other country. No other country has the spike in unemployment. Not at all. They have nothing. They, they are remaining the same. People's jobs are just waiting for them to go back to work. Because the government said to them, we need you to stay home. That's their social contract. So, when you stay home, we're going to make sure you have a fucking job to go to. So, we're going to pay you your salary. 80% of your salary, uh, in some cases, it's it's better than what we get, $1,200 for the past 90 fucking days, if you are under a certain amount. You know, a subsidy for some while businesses close. No businesses are mass closing in any other country. How come nobody says this on uh, corporate media? Do you think they have an agenda, perhaps, to keep the broken system intact? Because it's so much easier for Dems to take a knee. Now everybody wants to take a knee. Oh, I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick. Whoopsie. Even the NFL. We made a mistake. Now Confederate statues are coming down. Oh, uh, we're sorry. Because they don't want anybody to get a clue. That I don't... and, And I see it happening. It is happening. The incessant drumbeat. And this is why. This show, a show like this, you know, uh, if this was a fucking functioning society, this show would be on MSNBC and the MSNBCs of the world would be begging for fucking guests and patrons. It's a backwards goddamn world. And conservatives are, they are really, they're not in the majority. They are the minority. Not only do they receive fewer votes, they are fewer in ideology. There are less people who are registered Republican, less people believe in their bullshit, and even those who believe in their bullshit don't even believe in their bullshit. They like their Medicare and Socialist Security. So why do they win? Besides cheating, yes, we know they gerrymander and and play their dirty tricks. We get it. But why? Why do they get away with it? 
they can only get away with it because they there's another less offensive corporate party working across the aisle for the same ends, except a little less. They want a little less chaos, a little less racism, please. Just a little bit, maybe. Keep the people divided just enough to fight amongst each other. Keep them stupid. Keep them malinformed so they don't look outside the rest of the world to see that, what the hell? Why is this great country? I said to somebody who I know from, the, from, the, from doing the cats and the, you know, taking care of the community cats, this woman, very nice woman, she doesn't like Trump. But I told her my, uh, the situation with my fucking freelance job, the uh, working for giant tra- transnational government contractor <clears throat> that just fired everybody on a Zoom call in two minutes from uh, hundreds of people and how, how shitty it is living in this goddamn United States of serfs and lords where then you get the Business Insider article about the CEO who's retiring with a $270 million golden parachute a month for outsourcing and downsizing jobs, which makes you want to puke because that's not patriotic. And you think you're living, you know, in a, in a country that might give a shit about people if, giving, if given half a chance. If our message had half a chance. We know we're on the right side of history and the right side of humanity. But I was saying to her, I told her what happened, and she said, oh, we're just such a... Bi-. I, and I said to her, every other country, and I, everybody I know and meet and an, every acquaintance, if I pass you on the fucking bus stop, I'm going to tell you that the United States is the only country with millions of people out of work. Because why? How is this acceptable? Not only that it's happening, but that nobody knows about it. They know that we're out of work, that millions are out of work, but why don't they know that we're the only ones? I'm baffled. I know why. Because we're in a goddamn oligarchy it's not a functioning democracy we only have six transnational corporations owning the media and they don't want you to know and we have another party we have a disgusting fascist party and we have a right wing and we have a republican party effectively they don't want you to know either because while nancy pelosi's putting on her platitudes She's also giving Trump everything he wants. While she's ripping up his speech, she's giving him powers to spy on us and do whatever the fuck he wants. She's giving him a budget without oversight. How and why do you get away with something like that? God, sickening. So I said to my friend, how come I said we're the only country where millions are out of work? You know what she said? 
Oh, we're, we're such a big country. This is the excuse. You understand? Now, this is a nice person who is a Democrat. And she hates Trump. But this is the drumbeat of conservative lies. We can have universal health care. After all, it's such a big country. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? And in fact, it should be the opposite. We're such a big country. How can you not have universal health care? We're such a rich country. We are the richest country on earth. How dare they? That's the lie that they peddle. And they even have decent people who say that they're Democrats parroting it. Oh, we can't have what the whole earth has. Guess what? They have health care in China. There are fucking billion people there. Well, I, I don't understand. We're so great, but we, we have a large population, so we're not allowed to have shit that actually makes a country great. It's so great to be at each other's throats constantly. Isn't it? No wonder my head hurts. And if you, I don't know. I just don't know. What does that have to do with anything? I want to know. Does some, somebody please explain this to me? We're such a big country. Well, that makes a bigger risk pool, doesn't it? That's why we wouldn't have health care for all. That's why we wouldn't have education for all out of the general fund. That's why we wouldn't have right retirement for all. We certainly have enough goddamn billions for some. We have enough here to fund politicians to corrupt government so they can make policies that ensure that one human being will be a trillionaire in six years. I can't take it. I really can't take it. That's right, Jim. Big country full of small people, Jim says on the chat. You're goddamn right. Unfortunately, you see, there are smart people everywhere. We are, are, it's epidemic here. And it's only because we don't own the, me the media, the megaphone, the platform. We don't spread the, the truth. And you have right-wing Democrats. They think that taking a knee... That's some kind of real fucking change you can believe in. Well, maybe this is why AOC won't come on the show. Because I'm pissed. Well, she, if she's from the Bronx, I would assume she's heard all this shit before. 
God damn it. <sighs> Jim on the chat with the super chats. <laughs> More cursing. Thank you for your super chat, Jim. Of course, two super chats. And April N. Hey, thank you so much, April. Welcome to the show. I hope uh, I hope first impressions don't don't turn you off here. I'm just honestly I could feel my stomach in a knot. A constant. No wonder I have a tension headache. Maybe it is an aneurysm. Who the hell knows? I don't know. I guess it would have popped by now if it was. So then, I don't know, you know, um, I'm a, I'm just a white lady. What do I know? Here's Jim Clyburn. It was a long time, eight minutes and 46 seconds. That was a long time to be on one knee. Isn't that fucking funny? <laughs> That's a long time for, for somebody's knee on your neck. It was a long time. Eight minutes and 46 seconds. That was a long time to be on one knee. But for 244 years, there were then plenty of knees. Then he has to turn it around. Wait, wait, wait. He has to recover. Oh, wait, wait, wait. For 200 and something years, we got knees on our necks. On the necks. Of blacks who came to this country. Honey, the knee's on all our necks. I don't know. James Clyburn is another one, in my view. May, am, am I wrong? I'm just some white lady. I know I'm speaking through my privilege. It don't feel so privilegy, but I get it, though. I know it could be worse, but... I see the class war here. I see my bra my black brothers and sisters. I don't see... I, I see them on the front lines. That's for sure. I see the fucking systemic racism that has us divided along racial lines. I see the bullshit that keeps on dividing us. The platitudes, the band-aids on bleeding arteries, the constant missing the mark, the constant missing the forest through the trees. Well, I'm only, I'm just me, but, uh, let me see. I'm looking in the wrong folder. Here's somebody that might know a little bit more. James Baldwin in 1965. In another way, this dream, and we'll get to the dream in a moment, is at the expense of the American Negro. You watch this in the Deep South in great relief, but not only in the Deep South. In the Deep South, you are dealing with a sheriff or a landlord or a landlady or the girl at the Western Union desk. And she doesn't know quite who she's dealing with, by which I mean that if you're not part of the town and if you are a northern nigger. 
he said the N word. I didn't want to repeat it on the show. So he said, if you're a northern N word, he's ex- he's describing an experience going to of, of deal of a, being a black man dealing with white people in his in the daily business of being alive in America, going to a store, encountering other human beings, other Americans in as a as a black person in America. It shows in millions of ways. So she simply knows that it's an unknown quantity and she wants to have nothing to do with it. So she won't talk to you. You have to wait for a while to get your telegram. Okay, we all know this. We've been through it. And by the time you get to be a man, it's very easy to deal with. But what is happening in the poor woman, the poor man's mind, is this. They've been raised to believe, and by now they helplessly believe, that no matter how terrible their lives may be, and their lives have been quite terrible, and no matter how far they fall, no matter what disaster overtakes them, they have one enormous knowledge and consolation, which is like a heavenly revelation. At least they are not black. Now, I suggest that of all the terrible things that can happen to a human being, that is one of the worst. I suggest that what has happened to white Southerners is in some ways, after all, much worse than what has happened to to, to Negroes there. Because... Well, because they don't even see it they're trapped their racism has them trapped in this terrible system where they as james baldwin described can it can say they keep they're in this system they're part of the system they keep it going they facilitate it and they can point to somebody at l- a little lower on the ladder. They could say, I'm not black, at least. Whether they're saying it out loud or consciously or not. But that's the game. That's the game that's being played right now. And it's continued, it's continuing to be played. Every time MSNBC in my opinion maybe i am missing the mark here maybe it is am i wrong am i wrong maybe it is that if we get a few nicer police officers out there everything will be fixed we'll be happier kinder gentler no we won't i i i'm no i'm not wrong this the systematic disparities are there You think that we can continue just because we'll have a couple of nice police officers in a system that is more income wealth disparity than ancient Rome? Is that the answer? Just some nicer cops on the street. Cops who don't do chokeholds. Okay, that's great. But in my opinion... This is a, that, the, the, the fascist, the, the cops, 
the the out of control abusive fascist cops are the symptom of the broken system not just broken system for black people for the whole fucking american people and they're continuing to divide us again but by not pointing it out by not saying, by, by deliberately narrowing the focus yet again. So everything else is fine. You see? That's what they're saying. It's all fine except for these people, some of them. Here's some subsidies for them. Let's put a little nicer people on, on, the, on the police force. But they still... What? You still can't save $400. You still don't have health care. You still don't have sick leave like the rest of the world. Or vacation time. Or retirement security. Or on and on and on. Living wages. A decent middle class life. When is it that we get to actualize the American dream? Now, we understand when the American dream, in that time that's, that was known as the Great Prosperity, here's the excuses they say for this too, after World War II, that, that period of 40 years that was but between World War II and Reagan that was known as the Great Prosperity. Most, I can't talk, most conservatives, they don't even know what the fuck that means, what, that, what I'm talking about. That's a time in history where the rich, the CEO of the company made like 50 times the lowest paid worker, where union rates were 35%. And we had trade and tax and progressive taxations that protected American manufacturing, that prevented the development of an intergenerational aristocracy that could buy politicians and corrupt government. But in that time, we had Jim Crow. We ha- the uh, our African American brothers and sisters were left behind, and that's the way it had. To, it was sold. The great prosperity was sold on. It was sold out. So they had to sell the the Democrats sold out. FD, well, FDR. They made deals with the Southern Democrats to pass New Deal policies only if African-Americans were left behind. So that was okay. That's how they sold it. Now we're asking, they don't even want us to um, figure this out. That more, the, the more that we demand a seat at the table for everyone, then... Uh, the more that they will continue to try to narrow our focus into leaving people behind. We're still, how many people, first of all, the, 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 you don't have a democracy, a functioning democracy, when you don't have a middle class. And we don't have a middle class. So it's such a convenient talking point 
for the elites, the billionaires who fund the millionaires, who are on the media outlets telling everybody that, oh, great, now we're finally going to change some laws uh, in the police. The police are going to be nicer. It's uh, convenient for them to narrow that focus so we don't finish what we started to finish how about actually bringing the new deal for everyone the second economic bill of rights and leave no one behind that's too much democracy that's too much because even during the great prosperity the white people of this country were fine with the with leaving millions of black Americans behind. Somebody's always got to be behind, though, here. And this is why this country is broken. And it will not be fixed by find, um, finding nicer cops. Not at all. It will not be fixed. It will only be fixed when we when we figure it out that you can't have this kind of upward immobility and income disparity and democracy at the same time it has to be everybody in nobody out or it's done it can't be take a knee whoopee fucking do Democrats taking a knee. That's the best you got. And Jim Clyburn. And uh, it's he's honestly, um, he's part of the problem. He's another one. And they're all proposing Joe Biden as this great white hope. He's going to come in and he's going to make it fine. And everybody, we got to get rid of this, this Republican and this Twitler. And it's all going to be great. Because they want to get back to brunch, ladies and gentlemen. They don't want to fix what's broken. They really don't. They like it. They are benefiting from it. They want us to narrow our focus and say, okay, we passed a law that uh, no more rubber bullets, no more chokeholds, and I don't know, defunding some of the militarization and some more uh, funding for mental health centers. Like, that's wonderful. But that's more Band-Aids on the bleeding artery. It's, you're, you're taking care of the symptom yet again and not the disease. Again, this is what they do in the ivory towers. They're coming up with more ways to keep us divided. How do you keep us divided? When we are constantly, when we, when, we, when we refuse to be divided, you see what's happening. They're only doing these, making these attempts at appeasement, and that's what it is. Because the protesters, the people, they're not buying it. They're not falling for it. And I'm sure some people who are out there protesting, uh, they don't see the big picture either. They're, they think it really is just about nicer cops or, or, or um, 
George Floyd and the murder of our fellow Americans, murdering the cops, murdering our fellow Americans in the streets. But I contend that, and I've said it before, uh, our black American brothers and sisters are on the front lines of the class war. But we are in this together. If we don't recognize it, they will win again. Honestly, they will win again. And that's probably why I have a tension headache for the last week, besides everything else that sucks. And a knot in my stomach. Because I see them doing it to us again. No wonder. They, it's uh, really no wonder. We don't have the, the mechanisms of government because we don't have the message. This is the message. They don't want to hear it. This, what happens in the streets is that the message, it's, it, they cannot help but pay attention because people aren't going home. They're not listening. They're not being good little boys and girls. Regardless of what the elite are threatening to do and doing. And uh, George Floyd's death was a drop in the bucket that pushed the bucket over. But you, do you think that George Floyd would have died or Breonna Taylor or uh, Tamir Rice or Amon Aubrey or, I mean, any of the victims of the out-of-control militarized fascist ass police if we had a functioning democracy that worked for all and and economic mobility and income and uh, i don't know not not a wealth gap but an income the kind of wealth gap that used to define the american dream we used to have the slightest wealth gap now we have the widest it only took them 40 years Now we are the least upwardly mobile. Now in the United States, if you are born poor, you are more apt to stay poor than in any other Western democracy. How is that acceptable? And we have a corporate media that doesn't say anything like this. They don't talk like this. When have you heard this? Have you heard this on Rachel Maddow's show? Have you heard this on... Uh, who else? Chris Hayes. Steve Kornacki. Big bo- Did he get up on the big board? No, no. The Veep Stakes. The Veep Stakes. It is a goddamn game. It's a war... It's all economics, as you could see. Even the goddamn Fox News, then they had to apologize. Putting an an image about the stock market, how uh, every time um, an African-American leader gets assassinated or somebody dies, some some black American gets beaten or killed, 
how the stock market reacts. What kind of a goddamn ghoulish culture created that? Because I work in television, so I've worked in live TV, too. So, you know, somebody has to order that graphic. There has to be a producer, there's a writer, there's an executive producer. Just trying to make the camera focus again. There has to be a lot of... There's a lot of gatekeepers. Then it goes down to the graphic designer, but the designer, who the hell knows? It's probably, they just do what, what's on the script. They're like, okay. But somebody, they all, the executive producer, and then you have someone who's sitting in the control room, running and directing that block, saying, let's pull up that graphic. Okay, ready to take two. So it went through a lot of gates to get on air. Why would you? Why would you think that that's an appropriate discussion? Unless you're a disgusting, ghoulish kind of system that needs to be destroyed. That is just begging for reform. How many people have to die? And they're not, it's, it's George Floyd's being murdered by the police. There's, I mean, it's just like James Baldwin said. The white people in that situation are just as victimized in a, well, no, 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 not just, that's the worst, I'm not saying like that, just as exploited, abused. They're just, they just think that they are, I don't know. I don't want to step into another minefield, but you know what I'm trying to say. They are also not doing well. The whole thing is broke. And all the way, all in the ivory tower, Twitler and all of, and uh, who else? All of them. The Republicans, the, the, the Nancy Pelosi's with the $25,000 refrigerators, and they're all, they're doing great. They're riding all the way to the bank. And Joe Biden is still... What's he talking about? What's his remedy? You know, he's honestly, I will vote for Joe Biden. I always have to fucking say that. I'm so sick of this shit. And I look like hell. I understand. So, him, of all people, him. He's the guy. He doesn't know what the hell he's goddamn doing. He's going to be like, What's your remedy? He, he has made a career out of not having a clue. Missing the mark. But, oh, he's better than Twitler. But then, you know what will happen, guys? He, he will be elected. That's fine. We'll stop the bleeding a little bit. That's not the end of the story.
not in any way, shape, or form. But how many Democrats are going to go back to brunch? You know that. They're going to be at brunch, and we're going to be out here saying, this is a class war. And they're like, I'm sorry, we're at brunch. Here's a subsidy. So and we're going to say, you know what? Every year, 35,000 Americans needlessly die in this for-profit, rapacious, disgusting health non-system that bankrupts millions, kills thousands, leaves millions out, and consistently ranks dead last on all positive measures, or next to last. But it makes a few people very rich, so they're going to say, we got to get back to brunch. I got mine. I'm sick of it. This is why we're broken. You understand? This is why they have a fascist-ass police force running rampant through communities, especially communities where our fellow Americans happen to have darker pigment. But it's all of us are being abused, trapped in the system, thinking... Thinking, I don't know what, what, that there's an American dream? We gotta be asleep to believe it. That's why. For example, I mean, all day, as... I know, I know. The effing corporate media gets me insane. All day. Here's, uh, here's today's little slice of MSNBC. The East, the movement to change the relationship once and for all between police and the people they're supposed to protect, especially men and women of color in this country, is now in its 14th straight day of sh- and showing signs of strong. Is that it? You see how they define it? All day, the drumbeat. Let's listen again. The East, the movement to change the relationship once and for all between police and the people they're supposed to protect, especially men and women of color in this country, is now in its 14th straight day of sh- and showing signs of strengthening. The death of George Floyd, an unarmed black man killed by Minneapolis police officers who pinned him down while he was handcuffed, has ignited an uprising of Americans of all backgrounds, all races, and all ages. At this hour, we're watching demonstrations resume all across the country from New York City to San Francisco. And in Houston, crowds are gathered to pay their respects to the Floyd family. George Floyd will be buried in Houston tomorrow after the third and final funeral service in his honor. Among those gathered in his memory today, former Vice President Joe Biden, who met privately with the Floyd family. And with the nationwide movement in George Floyd's name for equal justice and policing reform gaining momentum with each passing day, Donald Trump's decision to militarize and federalize the response to the protests has been pulled into focus and has remade the political landscapes in ways that at this point are not favorable to him. Retired four-star general and former Secretary of State to George W. Bush, Colin Powell, minced no words about Trump in an interview announcing his support for Joe Biden. The one word I have to use with respect to what he's been doing for the last several years is a word I would never have used before. I never would have used with any of the four presidents I've worked for. He lies. 
He lies about things. And he gets away with it because people will not hold him accountable. We have a constitution. And we have to follow that constitution. And the president has drifted away from it. Drifted. Secretary Powell is now one of dozens like of he was ever there. military and defense officials to issue warnings about Trump in just the last yeah. seven days. Andrea on the chat, they never mention root causes. Never. It's all... It's all... Hey, uh... It's the symptom. You know, Trump. It's Trump. Like Joe Biden says, it's all Trump. Repo nothing wrong with Republicans. It's just Trump. Nothing wrong with the history that got us here. The broken system, the income inequality, the upward immobility. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That gave us, that into the fissures of disunity after we, we fought fascism. We had warnings about American fascists from our vice president, Henry Wallace. Yeah, nothing, nothing about all any of this. It's just, oh, um, Trump, he's an aberration. In a functioning society, we wouldn't have a Trump. In a functioning society, we wouldn't have a fascist police force that kicks down on our fellow Americans. And we wouldn't have an income inequality and upward immobility that keeps the American people fighting amongst each other over along a, a, a racial lines. We're fighting about the scraps, the crumbs. Oh, somebody's got a welfare check. Somebody got $16 extra in their food stamps while the rich run away with the whole goddamn country. And we do nothing. And then, of course, it's happening. And our media megaphones blast this bullshit incessantly, again, again, repetitively, every single day, saying nothing, missing the mark completely all the time, never connecting the dots. Why would they? They only care about their balance sheet. What's the dots on those balance sheets? Give me a break. Never, nobody has any history in this country. What's the point of history, right? I thought we, all, we study history lest we are doomed to repeat. But in this country, corporate media is there to keep you asleep. Keep you distracted. Keep you in the veep stakes, the horse race. Oh, let's just get rid of Trump and everything's going to be great. Let's get some nice cops on the beat. That'll be that. We can all go back to being divided, unequal, without health care, without $400, being racist, bigoted, racist, divided. Because you never want, the, uh, the last thing they want is the American people getting a clue that we're in this together. I mean, that speech I showed you is just a, a smidgen from James Baldwin's talk at Cambridge University in 1965. That's before my time. 
So he's talking about it then. White people are duped. It's a class war. And he's got them, the, the class war has them thinking, at least I'm not black. It's just the same thing that's going on today. But if you have a system, if you really wanted to promote unity, e pluribus unum, out of many one, you would leave nobody behind. That's how it would go. You would have you. It wouldn't be. Hey, our African American brothers and sisters are. Uh, um, there, there's not some nice police. The, they're, they're being targeted, but why? Why are there fascist ass police police forces running rampant through com- uh, communities? Certain communities. What's racism? Uh, How do you heal racism? Let's do another MLK quote. I don't know. I don't think that that's going to solve it. I've, I've, uh, I know a lot of MLK quotes. What's, where's your action? Oh yes, the arc of history is long. It bends towards justice. The content of your character. What did MLK talk about? that got him killed social and economic justice the game that was being played and it's still being played and we're still falling for it not us that's why I mean I guess that's why I'm not on MSNBC or whatever because they want the game they like the game In fact, he's the fourth former chairman of the Joint Chiefs to do so. And now a new NBC News. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong, right? This is what the what the whole thing that she's saying is. Nothing is wrong here. The system isn't wrong. It's Trump. You see, now all the Joint Chiefs, whatever, the friggin' generals, they're all coming out. They're speaking up, finally, against this aberration that all of a sudden plopped down here out of it was like genie in a bottle somebody rubbed the goddamn lamp and was like uh, said Trump University three times and Twitler appeared into this system that was working for all Everybody, everything was great. The whole thing was coming along swimmingly. And all of the sudden, we got a Twitler. He came and just m- messed it all up. Wall Street Journal poll shows 80% of Americans share their sense that the country now feels out of control. And by a two-to-one margin, more voters are worried about the death of George Floyd and the injustices his death represents and reveals than the protests that have occasionally turned violent and that have become a focus of Trump's bent on displays of military might. This morning, those fears and anxieties shared by the vast majority of the country intersect with an increasingly grim political outlook 
for Donald Trump. The most recent head-to-head -head matchups against Joe Biden showed Trump Who fucking cares? Listen to this. Against Joe Biden. Of all the people on our... I don't even... I can't. I can't. Oh, no. Uh, this is why I have a tension headache. He is... What, what's Biden going to say? What has he said? Same shit, different day. He spoke to George Floyd's family. Okay, great. People want empathy. This is the other thing I keep hearing on MSNBC. We want a leader who has empathy, who feels our pain. Yeah, that's it. We all want somebody to go, but they're, they're there, little surf. Back in the fields. Maybe you'll get a trickle on us. Uh, if you beg hard enough, maybe we'll trickle on you. Little serfs, good thing. I feel your pain. Down nationally by wide margins and down a full eight points among voters. do All that as the Black Lives Matter demonstration in Washington, D.C. yesterday welcomed the first sitting U.S. senator from the GOP. Oh, my Mitt God. Romney, who marched with protesters in northwest Washington. Well, he knows the right side of history. Black Lives Matter. He the chanted. He actually chanted Black Lives Matter. What about that 47% of Americans who are just useless takers on the dole? But eh, whatever. No, no, nobody, uh, nobody remembers. I suppose it's all forgiven. It doesn't. I mean, I can't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm baffling. I'm babbling. I'm baffled. I'm. I am baffling. Funny race and the groundswell of support in this country for police reform, or where we start today with some of our favorite you see? reporters and fans. This is. Am I? Please, guys, on the chat. I wanna. I, I'm asking for real. Am I out of my mind? Because <laughs> the every time I, I want to scream. They keep beating it, beating it, beating it, beating this, this message. Like she says right here. ...in Northwest Washington and chanted Black Lives Matter. The changing state of the 2020 race and the groundswell of support in this country for police reform are where we start. The groundswell in this country for police reform? That's it. I, I really, really cannot handle it. And of course, Claire McCaskill. And why does my stupid thing work? I don't know. I, I can't handle a lot of things in life lately. Come on today with some of our favorite reporters and friends. From the Washington Post, White House Bureau Chief Phil Rucker. Also joining us, Democratic strategist and former executive director of the New York State Democratic Party, Basil Smeichel, plus our friend, former Democratic Senator Claire McCaskill. Basil, let me start with you. Whatever, um, Claire. I, I hesitate to do a cause and effect, but as yeah, why would pandemic, you? Why would you? Please, she hesitates to do a cause and effect. There's no cause and effect in corporate media. There's no connecting the dots. She's not doing a cause and effect anyway. I'm so... I really got to get out of this country. Somebody. Before it's too late. Somebody. Somebody, please. 
if you're in Ireland, you have a nice castle on the cliff or something, like a sit there and look and just stare. I just want to stare for the next 30 years into the sea. And I can get my Irish citizenship. I don't have, I don't want to, I don't eat much. I just got to bring two cats. And I really, that's it. I don't need any, that's it. I just need a castle on the cliff. I won't jump. I want, I just want to stare. So, can you help me out here? I don't know. Do it before America kills you. Maybe. Maybe a right winger will kill me. That's what I'm thinking, too. I think one day there'll be a right winger out there waiting for me. And he'll say, you fucking dyke or something. And then that'll be the last I hear. And then the show will get some attention. When I'm dead. God damn it. Anyway, not like Claire McCaskill. Not like our friend Claire, who wants to stop that little Bernie. Stop all that socialism. We're not socialists. We are a pulling yourself up by your bootstraps kind of country, which means that you can't, um, you, you gotta leave a lot of people behind. You're pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Some people just got boots. Their boots were left by their daddies and mommies. Other people, they, they barely got nothing. But that's okay because they got Jesus. Sort of like your health care. Jesus is your health care. And if you don't like it, well, then you're just not American. What kind of an American? We're just too big to have a country that works for all. Some people are just born to be slaves, like Rush Limbaugh said. I mean, did I, did I say that out loud? I'm only Claire. And I'm on MSNBC right now, and I got to tell you, I'm so happy that Joe Biden will be our nominee because he is the man of the hour. History has met the man, and it is him himself number one joe biden number one in bipartisanism trying to defund all kinds of programs like medicaid all these well what he called well i would call it that too um the sacred cows of the democratic party like socialist security and socialist medicare we don't want any of that we are a country that is too big. We're too goddamn big. We're only, it was so big, we only got room for a few people in the middle class now. We're so big, we only got, we, but we got a lot of room. We only have room for a couple of billionaires who buy the whole government. We don't have enough. You see, we're such a big, rich country that there's just not enough. 
No man, nobody wants to make a country work for all. When a country works for all, that means I am not on this ivory tower looking down on the little peons as high as I like to be up in my big ass perch. I didn't go into the halls of Congress sucking on government teat all that year, taking bribes under the table, I mean donations, to stop ki all kinds of things like Medicare for all. You know, we're only great when some people have health care or some people can retire. As long as those some people are me, mine, and ours here on the corporate media, you know, America. It's just not American. And then when somebody comes in and they challenge and they say like, oh, what about socialist security? You got to say, uh, this is America. And when they say, what about how's, uh, Medicare? Well, then you got to say, this is America. That's all you got to do to stop them writing their checks. You just tell them. Tell those little people that think democracy is going to work for all. Don't, don't get me started. I will get James Carville up here. And he will get, what's his name, Tom Steyer on the phone like yesterday. Because we have a little good thing going up in this bitch. And... You know, I know your little sheeples are getting tired. You're all getting tired of getting people with your knees on necks and shit like that. But it, right now, I get it. We gotta all say that we are for Black Lives Matter. As long as it ain't, it's just Black Lives Matter. Just make it, give them a little something. Just shut them up. Shut those people up. Just tell them, okay, say, I'm, I'm Claire and I'm outraged. I too am outraged when people get knees on necks. I tell them, that's just terrible. I mean, my mama raised no fool. So I tell them, no, yes, I got you. We will stop the knees on the necks, okay? No more knees on necks. We get it. But we won't. We don't want to give them any ideas. You see what happens when you get ideas? When people get ideas. You start looking like Canada. Norway. England. New Zealand. I mean, not even England. England ain't even that great. I mean, England. But they don't have no 40 million dum-dums out of work. Which it makes it great. It's great in the ivory tower when you got a bunch of dummies out of work. Because guess what, motherfuckers? That's a buyer's market. <laughs> Woo! And the ivory tower is... We are getting higher up in this bitch. And you down below you're gonna have to take it 
you're just going to have to take it. And when we say Medicare for some, you better just say, thank you, Miss Claire. Can I have another? And I'm going to say, no, you can't because guess what? I'm being practical practical we're just not over promising any shit who cares if the house and the senate are filled to the brim with millionaires when the majority of americans can't save 400 goddamn dollars that's the best situation for the ivory towers folks we like getting together having tea and wine usually wine and we like laughing oh my god it's beautiful in the ivory tower we have it all we have health care we have living wages (laughs) we don't have any knees on necks up here god help them if they put a knee on claire mccaskill's neck someone's going to jail Quicker, quicker than you can say flash, flash in the pan. Quicker than you can count those losing votes I had. But I don't care. It's a pandemic. 40 million out of work. I'm still up on MSNBCs and telling you all that those protests that you people, you little people are out there demanding a different way. Uh Honey, those protests are about one thing. One thing only. Do not get ahead of yourself. Don't get head over heels thinking you're going to change any kinds of things up in this bitch. We got a Biden. You see what happened? You wanted a little Bernie? You wanted a little little socialism? We're not socialists. We're Democrats. And what does that mean? I don't know. That little dumb bitch Tara from the Tara Busters. I keep hearing her making fun of me. I don't care. She's a nothing. <laughs> She's a, she couldn't even get that dumb fucking socialist bitch AOC up on, this, on that stupid show of hers. On the Progressive Voices channel. What the hell is that? I'm on MSNBC. I am clear. I ain't ever had to work three uniquely American jobs to keep a stupid progressive channel going. <laughs> what are you thinking? I ain't. Mama didn't raise no fool. I know the right side of history. I mean, the right side of my mouth to talk at her, which is the mouth that accepts all those invitations to brunch that drinks all those fancy cocktails up in the li- in the ivory tower that's me i don't ever think <laughs> to go uh, that i ain't gonna change anything because you only gotta have change you can believe in you know what i mean it's sort of like the change that mama used to leave under my tooth ferret when I when I lost my tooth 
when she would leave it under my pillow. Change you can believe in. <laughs> we laugh about that all the time. Look how stupid they are. They bought that that whole change you can believe in. What does that mean? Nobody knew. We all laughed. We were like, these people are so stupid. They'll just take any dumb, stupid bitch platitude. Now let's all go out there and take a knee. Oh boy, here we go. Take a knee. Pretend we can't. Eight minutes? Man, that was a long eight minutes. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think I was going to get up. I, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to use my fancy, fancy health care to get my knees done <laughs> right after I get my bunions done. Don't worry. I got it good. I got it good. I didn't wake up today until 11 a.m. after I was up. I was doing a late, um, I was doing a, a, uh, a spot on the Lawrence O'Donnell show and then I did my um 11th hour segment and then I was going I cut in with uh Nicole Wallace and man that's a living <laughs> mama didn't raise no fool <laughs> this could go on <laughs> I think I'm going to adopt Claire as my alter ego. Maybe I'm just going to go out into the world as a Claire. And I'm going to show everybody what kind of Claire I am. <laughs> it's Claire. <laughs> Claire. I'm Claire. Nobody knows Claire. What she can do, she is not working for the people. She's working for herself. Mm -mm -mm. She's working for the man. Mama didn't raise no fool. My name is Claire McCaskill. I win when I lose. Look at me now, you dumb bastards on your stupid progressive channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on MSNBC and I don't care. Kiss my white ass. My name is Claire. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why you people are out in the streets right now, and it's not for anything except one thing, and that's little nicer cops on the street. Yeah, yeah, that's all we can afford. We gotta get practical, baby. Just practical up in this bitch. My name is Claire, that's right. Don't call me Karen, it's Claire, motherfucker. And I got a job spreading the good news about neoliberal policies. And I am getting paid up in this bitch. Yeah, don't worry anybody. Don't worry about me, mama. That's okay, my name is Claire. I lost. And I want to tell you how you can lose, too. 
lose your whole goddamn system by the time I'm through. My name is Claire. <laughs> and I, I ain't gonna pull a hair to give a shit about this stupid class war because I'm on the right side of the Vichy collaborating class and we're up in the goddamn ivory tower and we're drinking out of our fancy glasses in our wine caves and we're going to tell you all what is pragmatic what is capable of doing oh no 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 don't even think about e pluribus unum no no just worry about a nicer police on the corner that's all you gotta get that's all you're gonna get because this is the United States of greatness. Even though we don't know, hey, how are we gonna get through another week, another month, another 40 years of this kind of neoliberal bullshit that they keep peddling? But it's okay, we're getting it from both sides of the aisle. And they're getting bipartisan up in this bitch and it sucks. They are. Hey, they're in their ivory tower. But Claire's gonna tell you. <laughs> the almighty dollar. <laughs> Yells on the chat. <laughs> it's the almighty dollar. That's right, don't worry. Don't worry your beautiful minds about the bigger picture. That's all you got to worry about is one thing. Nicer cops. Better cops. No rubber bullets, no gas, no tear gas, no shields. Okay, we'll give it to you. But don't get any more ideas about having, I don't know, equal opportunity or upward mobility. That's not why Claire ever got into government, not to help anybody, but to help herself, as God says. You gotta help yourself up in this bitch. And this is the United States of serfs and lords. And she knows she ain't no stupid bitch. Not like that dumb Tara Buster. Tara Devlin. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> well, I know that AOC doesn't know. Who knows? But, you know, we're in this together, whether they like it or not. So going guys keep going keep marching keep telling those mother effers that you're not gonna take it anymore all of us but the dynamics are not shaping up in a way that's favorable to donald trump at this hour they're not nicole and, and one of the most incredible things we've seen in this country over the last you know, week to 10 days is that the people are, are moving so much faster than the leader can keep up with them, uh, than the president can keep up with them. We're seeing movement uh, take root Ooh, in the streets of our city. Amazing movement. 
uh, outrageous spark on social media. Uh, and it's not just the video, uh, of course, of what happened in Minneapolis, but the video in Buffalo, New York. Uh, the officers going past right. that old person. Uh, just here in Washington, there's a gentleman who uh, was in a viral video on the Crescent Trail in Bethesda uh, assaulting a young girl that went viral. These outrages are Ooh, being our politicians, our elected leaders are having trouble sort of reacting to that, uh, coming up with solutions in real time Oh, to that. you and don't think, huh? Who throughout these three They're having years, trouble coming up with a real solutions. And empathy it, it just not, does not seem to be in his DNA. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if he has in the past episodes of his life, uh, but as Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's get into um, in terms of analyzing his brain again. Humanity to the people that he's been elected to serve and lead, and he chooses to, lead. to respond with, you know, law and order, with show of force, with strength. Uh, that's a choice that strength. he makes, but, uh, you know, it, it could have political consequences, certainly when we see these Oh, well, shape out maybe not. Since they're sending well, Joe Biden, a smart point. The, the public is moving much faster than elected officials can keep up with. You think? That. Oh, On they're the moving so chip, fast they might even say that, that it's is, not just it, about it, cops. It is. He is incapable of doing one of the sort of three pillars of leading this country during tragedy, and we've got three. Uh, right now in this country, economic despair, a pandemic that is still um, killing Americans and keeping a lot of our economy shuttered, and um, and, and widespread concern, 76 to 80 percent of Americans concerned about police brutality. I want to read the aforementioned piece, uh, Phil Rucker from Maureen Dowd. She writes, I've always cherished Washington's luminous monument, so it was excruciating this past week to see the chucklehead who has waged war on our institutions, undermined our law and values, stoke division at every turn, Whatever. blundering around, defiling the monuments. You made them possible, MSNBC. After the country was rocked to its soul by the sight of a handcuffed black so man did Joe Biden. being held down by a police officer as those around begged for mercy, Trump could hardly summon a shred of empathy. His only move was to grab a can of kerosene and cry domination. I mean, I think Maureen's uh, uh, yeah, uh, we were there. heartful and eloquent point is not only that he's missing the chip that allows him to hold who cares? He's missing the or chip. Morning, or just didn't sit in our grief with us. He makes things worse. I mean, that's the charge. He makes it worse. It is the charge. All right. Bam, 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 bam. We gotta end the song, but it it never ends. It could go on for hours. It's Claire McCaskill and the death of democracy. You think this is why AOC doesn't want to come on the show? Because it's just too fucking awesome. We have the best music. The best dancing. The best impromptu rap. The best scintillating reviews on iTunes, the best patrons, the best analysis, the best clue about what's going on. Alright, it's over. I was trying to find the... 
the record scratch, but I cannot find it. Why can't I find my record scratch? Because everything's falling apart in my life. What are you gonna do about that? Nothing, just keep going, keep going. In spite of how you feel, just get up and do it anyway. That's what I always say. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I think that AOC, um, I'm looking at you guys talking on the chat. AOC has disappointed me to a point where it makes, ah, makes me uh, kind of disgusted, to tell you the truth. So. Marine, by the way, is such an astute observer. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here comes some more Claire. Off our monuments, and we have visions of the... Wait, wait. Let's hear Claire. She's really going to bring it home. ...yesterday. Well, I thought it was terrific. Um, I, I wish other oh. Republicans would get... Wait, I think she's talking about Romney going out and marching with Black Lives Matter or marching with the protests. The program. You know, this president understands the Shut power up, of visuals. Oh, my God, Claire. Can anybody really stand her? Why? I don't understand. This is why I feel so alone in the world sometimes. Because it's like, give me a break. Why? I don't get it. I just don't get it. What is she doing on a giant media platform? Why? Why is there a giant media platform with that, with this whole crew? It makes no sense. Life. Exactly, Mark. She failed up, but what does she bring? It's like none of them. Oh, my God. It's like Willie Geist. It's like Donnie Deutsch. Well, none of them. What? Some of them I can get. Like, I understand Rachel Maddow. She's interesting to me. Maybe everything that's interesting to me should be interesting to all. <laughs> well, she's not, and she, but she's not... And I used to listen to her on Air America Radio, and I guess I formed my opinion then when I thought she was a real liberal. And I think she probably is, but I know that she's been corrupted by money. She doesn't talk about certain things. She's not talking about what we're talking about. I, I feel like I'm living in a crazy land. I don't understand... I see all of these things constantly. This is why I do the show. I see, it because it's like, okay, be the change you want to fucking see. But the, if, because I'm like, wait a minute, am I out of my mind here? It is true that the United States is the only country that has 40 million out of work. Am I crazy? No wonder people don't know this. Why don't they know this? Why is this not on the first goddamn every 
hour on the hour. Why don't they understand that? Why are they attacking, I don't know, the change that we actually need? Why are they, they never put anything together. All of their, their, uh, their politicians, their favorite neoliberal politicians always get a pass. There is no historical context for anything. You could do whatever they do. You could promote the worst kiss-up, kick-down policies, the worst neoliberal policies that seeded this ground that made Twitler possible, and they will never bring it up. It doesn't matter what anybody does, apparently, unless you're Bernie or somebody who's progressive. But you know that's why. That's why this is what we need. Because, as I say all the time, they don't want democracy. They don't like democracy. They like the broken system. And I hate to tell you, it's uh, in uh, some of, you know, you guys know that I like history. I study history. I study communications, too. But as far as history, and one of my favorite, not favorite, but interesting periods that I study is the history of Nazi Germany. And I think everybody should study that time, frankly, because it's not that long ago and it's pretty goddamn disgusting and, and um, pretty relevant, too. But one of the things that Hitler believed was that this country would never succeed because of racism. We were just too racist. He was a racist too, obviously, and disgusting and, and a true believer in that shit. But he thought at the end of World War II that he was, he, in the beginning, when he thought he was right, he was, thought he was going to win, when the Nazis were rolling over in the first part, in the, when they first invaded Poland and they, and they took France in days and, and Belgium and Holland, that they, was it Holland or Norway now that I'm saying it? Probably, uh, I think it was Norway, sorry. Within the first few months, they assumed they were going to win. And uh, they were making plans. What was going to come after? They believed that the United States would would succumb to the fascist ideology because democracy would never work because we are too damn racist. And in fact, many of the Nazis took their uh, took their cues from racist policies here in the United States. The Jim Crow policies, the laws, the miscegenation laws. We have a horrific history in this country that, that, that has to be overcome, but it also has to be taught, for Christ's sakes. The American people don't even know their true history. But 
What do I know? I'm just a dumb bitch with a stupid progressive show that nobody likes or cares about. Well, not nobody. You guys aren't nobody. Somebody's likes it. Not not the Clamor Classicals. Not the AOCs. Not even my own goddamn my own goddamn cause my own goddamn representative. I was gonna say constituent. I'm feeling a real case of self pity right now. <laughs> God. Thank you, Omar. And thank you, Cl- uh, Claire. <laughs> thank you, Jim, again. God damn it, Jim. You're going nuts over here. Thank you, covert white rabbit. <laughs> Getting down with my bad self to that loser Claire groove. I think we have a hit on our hands. Yes. It's so, it's like, um, it really is sort of, you get into a, into a jam, that loop. You could just go for hours. It's like going, it's like tripping out. Anyway, I, I, it's so depressing. It really is. Why? Why does it have to be this way? It doesn't. That's a, okay, I'm having a conversation with my own brain now. That happens all the time, though. Because I said, why does it have to be that way? And the other part of my brain was like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. We can have a system that works for all. How? The other side of my brain says. And I say, how? It starts by informing people. Oh, yeah. It really does. I hate to tell everybody. That's why I ask you to be patrons, to spread the show. I'm not kidding. This is how it will... It works. That's exactly why every fascist goddamn government takes over the broadcast broadcast means because they know without the message there's nothing. Without because we are human beings are storytellers. We're communicators. We are an interdependent species. We want to be seen and heard. You don't have any progress without uh, spreading spreading the news the good news how do you think i mean when i think about talk about nazi germany i've been watching a lot of nazi documentaries lately too so i guess it's just the mood i'm in but i it's really fucked up because decent so-called people that they that would think that they're decent turned on their neighbors turned on their friends collaborated with Nazis, disgusting people, uh, shot whole families. Oh, my God. That didn't happen too long ago. 75 years ago, the war ended, World War II. That's not a long time ago. So think about how, how did that begin? 
how did that start? How did it, it, it started through a message? People had to be convinced that other human beings were less than human. It was an incessant drumbeat. Because that's how important it is to own everything. And in these Nazi-occupied states, and including Germany itself, that's why. What did, what did uh, Goebbels do? What did... Not Goebbels. Yeah, Goebbels. He... Uh, and part of the... How do they make Germany great? They started manufacturing radios. Every, every house having a radio. Of course, it was all tuned to the propaganda. That was going to be like a status, but it put people to work. But, oh, look, we were on the balls of our ass. Now everybody has a radio, except, you know, who couldn't have a radio? The Jews. They were barred from having radios. So there you go. They couldn't communicate, connect, spread their message. They were also barred from having pets. Believe it or not. Get up here. Speaking of pets. Why? Because people with pets are humans, right? Humans, they like pets. You like to pet a pet. You like to... It shows you you have a heart. Uh, You have... Love. So, how did they get away with it? They, would, they did it because they owned the message. And that's what I'm talking about here. And how are the conservatives doing it? They do it because they own the message. And how do they own the message? Because the rich in the ivory towers and in the halls of power... They make sure they own the message. High and low. Ubiquitous. That's what they want their message. And why do we have dumb people? Why, why do decent people... Well, not dumb people. Okay. D- why? Well, some everybody's dumb and a little... I'm dumb. We're all dumb. We have blind spots. But, so... Like my friend who is a Democrat who will, who hates Twitler, spreading bullshit. Oh, we can't have these things. We're just too big. We're too big. Too much. Too many people. Bullshit. Spreading bullshit. Pragmatic. Gotta be pragmatic. All right. I'm being, I'm fucking going nuts here. Well, that's why he has such a penchant for those big auditoriums full of crowds of adoring Shut up, people. Claire. The visuals for this president over the last two weeks have been brutal. Whether it's our own military protecting the Lincoln Memorial from its citizens, yeah, which Claire, was, we saw kind of turned every American's stomach that they had done that, and now this fence around the White House. You know what turned my stomach, Claire? When you were like, "Oh, we can't have universal health care," that turned my stomach. Look at my cat, though. 
that's getting filled with cries of passionate artwork about inequality in this country. Oh, um, that's all it's about, though. It's not, it's just racial inequality, right? Not economic, not uh, the, uh, the, <laughs> any other kind of inequality, uh, educational inequality, health inequality. I mean, it's all economic inequality. I wonder if Claire has $400 in her bank account, unlike millions of Americans. Schools are terrible for Donald Trump right now, to say nothing of the phony Bible in front of the church. Yeah, we were so there, Claire. We have visuals of the police abusing citizens. We have visuals of the military trying to wall off our monuments. And we have visions of the president walling himself off from the American people. Uh, this is not... Uh, what President Trump needs to have on television if he has any prayer of getting reelected. And um, for all of us that are praying the other way, I hope it's waking up a lot of people around the country. Phil Rucker, the president often overcompensates when he's losing the image war. Any reporting on <laughs> his next move? Well, the move today is, is to double down on law and order. We uh, had a briefing just in the last couple of hours from the White House press secretary to really drive a point that the president uh, is going to align with the lead uh, and, and going to align with, with what he calls law and order and, and try to exploit divisions uh, on the other side over whether and how much to defund police department uh, around the country. But we can expect that. Uh, that to continue. The president thinks he's on safe ground by standing with police and law and order is one of the themes of his 2015 campaign. However, a, a cautionary note would be that this is such a dynamic uh, national movement right now. I, you know, I don't know that all of the sort of political laws of gravity uh, hold up exactly. We're, we're going to have to see. But, but the president's making a calculation that being with the police is the place to be right now. Always a calculation. Phil Rucker, Basil Michael, thank you both so much for starting us off. Claire is sticking around. When we oh, come back, she's Democrats. She's sticking today. around. She's sticking around. All right. God help me. Oh, let's see what else. You know what else happened? I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, I can't talk. Here's another thing that annoys me. Everything sucks. Let's just put it that way. It all sucks. They're doing it to us again. And I'm sorry I give you a lot of orders around here. I tell you, become a patron. I tell you to share the show with your friends. I tell you, super chats. I tell you, I don't know, going on other, to go on other liberal talk show chat streams and say, have you heard terribus i give you a lot of orders but your another order is to tell your fucking friends about no honeys no boobies it's not just some nice cops that ain't gonna be that ain't gonna fix it a couple of nice cops throwing a couple of cops in jail That's, that ain't going to do it. That's not going to fix it. Here's another thing that is broken with our system. I don't know if you saw this, but 
Oh, wait, where is this? Oh, man, did I not get this? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, uh, of course, Megan McCain, or every day. What, what? That's another one. Why? Why was she, Why does she have a platform? Why? I'll show you why. She's, she is the poster child for nepotism. She doesn't know what she's talking about. This is what I mean. This is why our system is broken. Somebody like Megan McCain has a giant megaphone to say nothing, do nothing, to add nothing to the conversation, to spread stupidity. And for what, for what reason? Why? Well, she explains it. My father, 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 Holy shit! I'm crying. That is so funny. That is the greatest thing. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But that is it. My father, my father, my father, my father. 
holy moly she's got daddy issues and my god why why the hell is she on any kind of platform because of her father who who cares she's it's not her she has nothing to offer so today she was she was actually trending because she acted like an idiot let me see oh the view was trending every day the view Maybe one day Tara Buster will trend. Then we'll know we're on the right track. Not just the show, the country. So on, let me, I'll play it off the, I was, I didn't, I, I can't talk. I can't talk. I wasn't able to grab it in time. But here's Megan McCain asking Kamala Harris about defunding the police. How are you defining Let's lawlessness, see. Uh, substance abuse, so that we don't have to have a police response because we are smarter? Senator, I hear you loud and clear, and I don't I think said. there's any rational American right now who doesn't think that we need to take a cold, hard look at reforming our police. But there was a video that went viral over the weekend of the mayor of Minneapolis being yelled at, saying, yes or no question, are you for defunding the police? So I'm going to ask the same question the protesters asked him. Are you for defunding the police? How are you defining defund the police? Well, I'm not for anything remotely for that, so I would ask the protesters but, the same but, thing. But I assume it's, re I assume, and again, this is something that is new to me, I assume it's removing police and... So she doesn't know what she's talking about. That's what she's asking. So good for Kamala Harris, because she's, she's a lawyer, I guess. She's a prosecutor. She's been in the court. And she, you know, questioning people. So it was good. I thought that was pretty good that she turned it around. What are you talking about? When you say defund the police, how are you defining defund the police? And Megan McCain's like, well, I'm not saying I know anything about it. But I don't know. I'm not saying I know anything about it, but... My father, 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 I am John McCain's daughter. <gasps> that was her answer. I am John McCain's daughter. For that, so I would ask the protesters but, the same but, thing, but I assume it's, I assume, and again, this is something that is new to me, I assume it's removing police, and as um, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar mm. said, bringing in a whole new way of, of governing. Oh, a whole and new way. Order. Oh, my God, a whole new way. That sounds practically... Like communism. Gee, I don't. I, I don't. I don't really know, but 
my father, my father. I need to fund the police. Well, I'm not for anything remotely for that. So I'm not for anything remotely for that. Well, how do you define it? I would ask the protesters the same thing, but I assume it's, I assume, and again, this is something that is new to me, I assume it's removing police, and as um, Congresswoman Omar said, bringing in a whole new way of of governing. Bring up Congressman Ellen Omar, because she's scary. She's a scary Muslim. And they, you, her name sounds weird. It's not like John McCain. Or Megan McCain. Nothing like that. It's all, it's weird. It's like Elon and Omar. What kind of name is that? Is that American name? And a law and order into, into a community. Law and order. And- Megan McCain. My father. A whole new way of, of governing. A whole and new way. A law and Ooh. order into, into That's a That's not America. And my understanding, again, this is something that has just come my to understanding. my understanding recently, is that... <laughs> what the fuck is she saying? My understanding is just that it's something that's come into my understanding. What understanding? Holy Christ, this country. Oh, my God. Omar said, bringing in a whole new way of, of governing. And oh, wow. A and of- you don't want Omar bringing in a whole new way because that's scary. That's Ilan Omar bringing in a whole new way. That's not America. And I am John McCain's daughter. And here I am on this giant me- media platform for no effing reason than nepotism and what? That's it. Well, and nepotism. What does she bring to the table? Anybody? I'll take... Uh, I'll, I'll wait. Does she bring... It's... I, I mean, honestly, guys, I can't... I can't handle it anymore. ...order into, into a community. And my understanding, again, this is something that has just come into my understanding recently, is that you, you would not have police officers like this Minneapolis City Councilwoman said that I would be a place of privilege if someone broke into my home and I wanted to call the police. What the fuck is she talking about? And she's just pick, cherry-picking and like uh, a smorgasbord. It's like a cafeteria-style conservative freakout. Ilan Omar, a different way. I mean, how many buttons is she trying to push? Defund the police, a different way. Ilan Omar. That I would be a place of privilege if someone... Privilege. Oh, my God. ...my home and I wanted to call the police. So, again, we need to reimagine how we are achieving public safety. <laughs> Obviously, Kamala Harris is like, so you're a douchebag. Clearly, you're not um, well-informed. Um, Ilan Omar, um, a different way, defund the police. It's like, huh, huh. I don't really know. My father was John McCain. That I would be a place of privilege oh, if someone privilege. broke into my home and I wanted to call the police. Oh, shut the fuck up. Where Where is she getting all of this from? So it's like, Ilan Omar 
as Ilan Omar said, as I said, I don't know what I'm talking about, but um, it's a place of privilege if I want to f- call the police. Bring, p- pick, cherry picking, out of context, whatever, you uh, mishmashing this freak show trying to present it as as if she knows what the hell she's talking about when she preceded her entire diatribe with i don't really know what i'm talking about only for that so i would ask the protesters the same thing but i assume it's i assume i assume this is something that is new to me i assume it's removing police and as um congresswoman ilhan omar said bringing in a whole new way of of governing and Mm -hmm. law and order into into a whole new way and my my understanding again this is something that has just come to my understanding recently is that you, you would not have police officers like this minneapolis city councilwoman said that i would be a place of privilege if someone broke into my home and i wanted to call i would be a place of privilege shut the f- oh my god please of so, course we don't know again, what again we need to reimagine how we are achieving public safety in america and to have cities where one third of their entire budget is going to policing, but yet there is a dire need in those same cities for mental health resources, for, edu- for resources going face. into public schools, resources Megan going McCain. into job training and, and, and job creation. Come on, we have to be honest about this, that there is actually not a consensus around this, because if there were, we would actually see smarter distribution of resources in, in our, in our country. Um, to, to address the and issues Senator, Senator that need to be addressed. Yes. And Senator, this is this is Sunny, and I, and I, I think um, just to, just to add to the conversation, defunding the police doesn't mean abolishing the police. It means taking some of those funds that are typically one third of the budget of a city, and and giving some of those funds to services like mental health uh, and education and and mental health resources. But I want to oh change the God. subject and ask another question. Oh, Anything and then she asks business wait wait, wait. Uh, then she asks committed, committed to choosing something about joe biden's running mate who do you think he'll choose god this country what a joke what an effing joke i just want to see i saw something was trending ben shapiro here's another one talking about these right wingers that have giant platforms because other right-wingers promote them. He's another one. There you go. I just want to see why he's trending. Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson are excellent examples. Yeah, that's it. I bet you Tucker. he was on Tucker Carlson or something. Clay, I, it does make me wonder whether... In- hmm. Oh, wait. Let me see. Ben Shapiro is mad that he can't watch sports anymore because there's too much politics in it. Oh, okay, whatever, who cares? This, you see, look at that guy, by the way. Look at Ben Shapiro. Look at this, this it, he would be, he's he's definitely, of course, they have a flag behind, they need flags everywhere because they hate America, so they need all the accoutrements. But this guy, you don't tell me. I don't care. If what what if he's Jewish? I have no idea. But if this, it's like uh, Stephen Miller, who is a Nazi. I don't care if he's Jewish, and his family, some of which were victims in the Holocaust, others are here because of the asylum laws that were set up. So 
um, another Holocaust would never happen again. The same laws that that Stephen Miller wa- is abolishing. He is a Nazi. I don't care. So, but so I don't know Ben Shapiro's whole story. But you tell me, he wouldn't be wearing a brown shirt. Okay. Don't you tell me. Look at him. He he's perfect. One of those little caps. I would hope it would be the brown shirts because we know what happened to them. They were murdered. Let's put it that. Well, no, no, no. I I'm not saying he should be murdered. I'm just whatever. I'm stepping in it. I'm putting my foot in my mouth. Do not harm Ben Shapiro. Murder his ideology. Not him, himself. Give him a chance to change. Give him a chance. So, anyway. Nobody's listening to me anyway. Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares about Tara Buster. Nobody cares about me and the class war. Okay, so here's an article. It's a class war now, too. From Counterpunch by Joshua Frank. It's a class war now, too? What do you mean now? And what do you mean, too? Yeah. It's always a cla- it's all it is a class war. The race war is a class war, okay? The scene along Melrose Avenue, one of LA's most renowned shopping districts, is now one of vengeance. Shards of glass litter the sidewalk. Storefronts are graffiti. The smell of smoke is still fresh in the early morning air. Here was the epicenter of the looting that took place on Saturday night, shortly before Mayor er- Eric Garcetti declared a citywide emergency in APM Kurt View. Garcetti later called on Governor Newsom to bring in the National Guard, marking the first time the Guard has roamed L.A. streets since 1992 when Rodney King's verdict was released. Today, Sunday, military Humvees and troops protect what remains after the weekend's display of mass anger and hurt. Stoking public fear. Fox News called the destruction following Saturday's protests violent riots. The hometown L.A. Times made sure to make the point that there were divisions among the protesters and then went on to criminalize the looters. And on Sunday morning, Trump declared that his government would designate Antifa, a terrorist organization, which is ridiculous, but that's like designating... I don't know. What's, uh, I, I want to know where to sign up for Antifa. That's what I ask these right wingers when they say, oh, Antifa. I'm like, is there a place where I can send my dues? Cause where is there a meeting? Who's the leader? It's like saying I am criminalizing the vegetarians or something. So, on, okay, here I am. Where am I? 
Uh, indeed, the protesters who descended upon the streets of Los Angeles to voice their collective anger over the murder of George Floyd were like Los Angeles itself, a diverse crowd with diverse intentions. The people who became known as looters were faction, a fraction, sorry, of those who stayed behind after the earlier protests, protests dis dispersed. I have to put the AC on, it's hot. They are now deemed thugs and thieves by those who find it easy to write off their palpable frustration, which spread to Santa Monica and across Long Beach by Sunday evening. Writing it off, however, not only ignores America's systemic racism, but also neglects to address our dire social stratification. As displayed this past weekend on the streets of L.A. and elsewhere, the upheaval taking place across the country is now as much about class as it is about racial injustice and police brutality. Is that so hard, MSNBC? It is. I'm sorry, because you're not there to inform. You're there to infotain and distract and keep the broken system intact. There is nothing clearer than that. As we saw when they attacked Bernie, who came a little bit too close for their liking. They don't seem to see the writing on the wall. That oncoming train that's coming down, barreling at them. It's going to happen. The people are, they have had enough. We're sick of it. People understand that this country is broken. And it's not only black people feeling it. Yeah, they're on the front lines. All too often, they get the brunt. They get the abuse. They get the worst of it all. Because of racism. The racism, as we played earlier, James Baldwin saying, he understood it in 1965. So it's a distraction. It's a way of keeping us divided. Let's see. Trump, in his own egotistical way, hoped for this outcome, stating that he desired to be a wartime president, which, granted, the flames Trump has fanned since taking office have sparked America's tinderbox, and the fire is burning on his doorstep. What we are now witnessing is a full-fledged class warfare. No doubt it has been a perfect storm of events. The effects of COVID-19's massive unemployment, some 40 million, I don't know why they're not saying in America alone, the virus's death disparity, the continued assault on, of black lives by militarized police force, along with a corporatized government that intentionally fails to protect its most vulnerable citizens. The looting of stores is inherently a class issue, whether you look upon it favorably or not. There are always exceptions. Why can't I talk? Exceptions, of course. The the act of looting is a long-standing American tradition, dating back to the theft of Native American lands and African enslavement. Exactly. 
And today, while wealthy people don't loot strip malls, they are adept at looting natural resources and labor. From the coal fields of West Virginia to Jeff Bezos's America, um, Amazon warehouses, the poor exerting their nominal power, even in its destructive and violent manner, display an entirely natural reaction to a continually powerless state of being. For them, looting is a cry for help, an expression of hopelessness. We, we've all seen the hideous video. Minneapolis police officer Jer Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd in broad daylight. Floyd, why can't, I'm sorry guys, my, I cannot say names sometimes. It's so fucking annoying to me too. Floyd, suffocating, cried for his mother's help, which is so heartbreaking. I can't, I can't even, it brings a tear to my eye every time I fucking read that or say it. Because his mother was, had, had already passed. That's the other thing. And he was still crying for his mother. And I've read stories and as being a student of history of, as well of men dying on the battlefield, crying for their mothers. And there is George Floyd crying for his mother on this battlefield in the class war. There is no difference, frankly. And that goes to show you our humanity, our common humanity. God damn it. That they want to divide us up. They want to keep us divided. We've all watched the callous white vigilantes. One ex-detective hunt down the jogger Armand Aubrey in a pickup truck before killing him. We are all familiar with the long list of black men shot to death by cops at a staggering rate. 2.5 times greater than whites. We also know that 20% of the entire black population, even before the COVID crisis, was living in extreme poverty some 9 million people. Conditions across the country are even worse today. And as a result, violence will continue to erupt. Of course, both the seething acrimony amongst our country's poor and the brutality perpetrated on black people by government-sponsored gangsters predates the Trump administration. Cornell West, Cornell West pointed out that on Friday's Anderson Cooper, you've got a neoliberal wing. Oh, wow, this is good. I didn't see this. You've got a neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party that is now in the driver's seat, and they really don't know what to do because all they want to do is show more black faces, show more black faces. But oftentimes, those black faces are losing legitimacy, too, because the Black Lives Matter movement emerged under a black president, a black attorney general, a black homeland security secretary, and they couldn't deliver. Do you think this past weekend was dreadful? Just wait. If Derek Chauvin is let off the hook for the murder of George Floyd, the recent protests will seem minor. To be sure, some of these disruptions, like the looting of minority businesses, are counterproductive, which is why 
the left has an obligation to organize and direct this rage at the real perpetrators, the capitalist class and their defenders. Hello? I'll say it again. The left has an obligation to organize and direct this rage at the real perpetrators, the capitalist class and their defenders. That's right, Junior. Economic and racial oppression in America has finally reached a boiling point. Systematic change will take a systematic realignment of the economic and political structure of the United States. Haven't we been talking about this every effing week? Despair may be driving some of these acts, from arson to broken windows. Yet, it is the underlying racial and class dynamics the consequence of being a conquered population that will continue to fuel the rebellion, a serious and extended uprising that no imposed curfew from a city mayor will be able to curtail for very long. Junior's... <laughs> He's meowing a lot. Fucking Siri's yelling at me now. Yes. Yes, I know. Fuck the police. Fuck capitalism, right? All right, he's just staring at me now. That's an article by Joshua Frank from Counterpunch. A thousand percent. Let's read the last paragraph again just to get it in our brains in our beautiful brains economic and racial oppression in America has finally reached a boiling point systematic change will take a systematic realignment of the economic and political structure of the United States despair may be driving some of these acts from arsons to broken windows yet it is the underlying racial and class dynamics the consequence of being a, being a conquered population that will continue to fuel the rebellion, a, series, a serious and extended uprising that no imposed curfew from a city mayor will be able to, to curtail for very long. Okay. The, the penultimate. Shut up, Siri! Why does she keep fucking popping in? The penultimate paragraph. Do you think this past weekend was dreadful? Just wait. If Der Derek Chauvin is let off the hook for the murder of George Floyd, the recent protests will seem minor. To be sure, some of these disruptions, like the looting of minority businesses, are counterproductive, which is why the left has an obligation to organize and direct this rage at the real perpetrators, the capitalist class, and their defenders. Boom. Drop the mic. 
There it is. And that's why we're here all the time, every week, every day, as much as we can. And if you want the show to go and continue and to keep spreading this, the reality, uh, you know, I can't do it alone. We're in this together. This is our show. This is our platform. It's not MSNBC. We are countering what we're hearing, what they're saying. The bullshit. The narrow-minded nothing. The, the MLK quotes. The, the fucking platitudes. The palaver. The big board. The Kranakis on the big board. Andrea, who do I invite on? Cornell? West? I sure I will. I sure will, but will he come on the show? Will he? It sucks. Yeah, I would love to. I will. I'll invite him. You should all invite him, too. Tweet him. Tweet at him. Say, go on Tara Buster. I'm so sick of it. Honestly, my brain. I'm very depressed lately. I hate to say it. It's so many things at once and... Feeling... I told you that, I mean, sometimes... I, many things, like... I don't want to see the Matrix. Sometimes I'm just like, can I just see nothing? Not, well, not forever. I remember when I was growing up. My sister is five years older than me. And she had a normal life. She liked a normal life. I never liked normal life. She was, she liked being a secretary. She liked, you know, like fucking going to softball games on Sunday and having little beer parties with her f friends from the office and not talking about anything. Wor I mean, I was like, I don't know, always making things things, making movies, making, trying to do things, write things, trying to, I was like miserable from the world. I could never, it would, I would be bored. And I was always so, I guess that's why I felt like, I remember I went to see, well, with friends of mine, they, that's why they were my friends. Cause they understood. We went to see Dirty Dancing in the, in the movie theaters. And everyone was dancing in the aisles. I'm not, I kid you not. I kid you effing not. And <laughs> I, me and my friends were like, what the fuck is going on in here? This movie sucks. <laughs> and I felt very alone in the world, except for my friends. So... 
because I was like, what is going on? Why is everybody like this movie? Great movie. Shame that girl got her nose job. Yes. So I guess some people, it just was not my cup of tea. It's, and you know what else I hated that everybody liked? Forrest Gump. I hated that movie. I thought that was the stupidest goddamn movie. And so everybody loved it so much. So touch. It was not touching to me. It was ridiculous. Pretty women. No way. Not in a million years. Shannon on the chat. <laughs> I was like, this movie is offensive. I thought that was offensive, frankly. Because it's like some hooker finds a guy and he makes her uh, worthy. Oh, yeah. A hooker with a heart of gold. Not some crack whore. <laughs> Who, what else sucked? And I remember thinking, I, I am so alone in the world. That's what it felt like. And I'm not even kidding. It was on, it was on Staten Island and my friend, a couple of friends of mine, I'm still friends with them. My friend, Doug, we were like, what is going on here? Why are people enjoying this fucking piece of shit? <laughs> and it was so stupid. Oh, look at Junior. Isn't he cute? Look what he did. He held my hand and kissed it. When I put my hand out like that. Did you see that? Watch. Let's see if he does it again. Look. Look. What about my hand? See my hand? No, he's not paying attention. Look. Come. My hand is right here. What do you think? I guess it doesn't matter. I guess he hates me too. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not kidding. Look at how good he is though. This is the part of the show where we pet the cat. Look at him. Just listen to his purr. Can you hear it? Purr, purr, purr. <laughs> All right, I know he won't. He won't. He doesn't perform on cue. He's just a big baby. Uh, that way. Right? All right. It is 11.20. How'd that happen? All right, guys. You guys are great. I don't know about me. I'm not that great. So, thank you for being great. Yeah, Jaws was great. Actually, oh my God. I have to put the cat down for this one. My mother, okay. I was a child when Jaws came out. My, this is how fucked up my mother is, or was. She took me to see Jaws. I was a child. Little. I was holding a Winnie the Pooh doll. That's how little I was. And my mother t wanted to go to the movies, but she didn't, you know, what the hell? She had a kid. What are you going to do? She got to go to the movie. You, you got to do what you got to do. She heard that 
I guess Jaws was a great movie. It was a hit. It didn't matter if she had a fucking toddler with her. So she took me to see the movie, to see Jaws. She got me popcorn. I sat there with my Winnie the Pooh doll uh, eating popcorn. And when the Jaws, there was a scene in Jaws. I mean, I was like terrified. I'm not even kidding. I'm still traumatized. I have a story about the exorcist, Greg on the chat. No, she didn't take me to see that, but I have a story about that. And the head rolled out of the boat on Jaws. And I threw my Winnie the Pooh doll and and popcorn in the air and screamed. And I went, when I got home, and I hid my face pre- pretty much the best, through the whole movie, not the best, through the whole movie. And I was crying and terrified. But my mother stayed. She watched the whole movie. And when I got home... I wouldn't take a bath. I, w- <laughs> I couldn't go into the water. You know, it said to people weren't going into the water. They didn't mean the goddamn bath. But I was a baby. I was like a child. And my father was... My father, my father, my father, my father, as, jo- as John McCain, as Megan McCain, my father was pissed at my mother. And they had a big argument about it. How did you take her to Jaws? So, I was... She traumatized my ass. Okay. And thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. <laughs> for my horrible memories. Don't worry. All the, ma- the horrible memories. I keep making new horrible memories. And... As far as The Exorcist, that was a little later, I guess. I can't remember. But it was on... It was on VHS. But I was... I think I was... I was older. Not that much older. And my sister, who was five years older, had a boyfriend. And they were going to watch The Exorcist. But they wanted to watch it alone. But I was a little... I didn't want them to... I wanted to hang out with them. Okay? And they were like, we're going to watch The Exorcist. And I was like, I don't care. I'm hanging out. My house, too. You know, because I I just wanted to hang out with them. And my sister... That's another reason I'm so traumatized. When I was little, my sister was always like, Come on, get her out of here. Nobody liked me. (laughs) Just me and the dog. And, well, my friends, but... Because I was lit. I was, like, five years younger than my sister. And she was... She she and my brother hung out because they were two years apart. So they were, like, pals, and they had the same friends. I was the baby and annoying to them. So they were always like, Get her out of here, Ma! And I was like, mm. So my sister's boyfriend came over, and I was like, I'm gonna hang out too and they were like we're watching the exorcist and i was like i don't care it's my house i can stay wherever i want i live here anyway when they put the movie on 
they i was watching and it was getting real it was getting for real that show (laughs) it was getting scary and i was watching it and i couldn't here's some night ambiance and some rain ambiance and the scream (laughs) that's what's going on in my head And I couldn't believe what I was seeing on, on, unfold on my eyes. Demon. <coughs> scary, scary. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, so in the middle of watching, I don't even know what happened. One of the sc- scenes, I just could not handle it anymore and I ran I just ran from the room as fast as I could run hoping that they wouldn't laugh at me and I ran and I I was so scared that I actually slept with my mother who is pretty fucking scary herself so that goes to show you how scared I was and there were no sharks in the bed but I was scared but then another time, my brother, one time, I woke up and my brother had, <laughs> he wrote 666 on my arm. It was after Damien movies came out. So, <laughs> but I saw that on my arm and I had to laugh because I, th- I had to give him props. It was good. He got me. <laughs> so anyway alright guys thank you for letting me share my family stories and for sharing everything all for you Damien this is all for you Tara Busters (laughs) all for you (laughs) could you imagine god forbid no all for you Tara Busters so uh yeah let's meet back here again right he didn't put it on my forehead because he i think he couldn't get to it or something or i guess the way i was sleeping was it was better to put it on my arm (laughs) but i thought that was funny though i had to laugh because he it was pretty uh, he must have um had fun doing it like sneaking in and (laughs) and i woke up and i was like and i saw and i just cracked up (laughs) at least i got the joke you know and i wasn't like ma i just thought it was funny so and he was my brother's seven years older than me he's got a good sense of humor all right all right guys thanks for letting me share everybody we will get together again. Maybe the show won't suck all the time, and it won't. Maybe one day we will have a good show that is worthy of you. Yeah. So. Anyway, so keep on. All right, Junior, relax. Become a patron. Thank you for your super chats. All of that stuff will keep the show going. 
Otherwise, I won't do the show. I mean, I guess if nobody is a patron, why would I do it? Fuck it. And, um... I'll just get the hell out of here eventually. I'll just pack. One day, I, I often say that to myself. Will I ever hit the point where I'll be like, okay, bye. Just start packing and just get the fuck out of here, like, for good. But, yeah, I try, Greg, on the chat, I'm trying to, at times, do different shows because maybe we'll have some more, you know, We'll meet some more people. Like, we did a show on a Monday, as tonight is a Monday, and we found Mark, our millennial correspondent. He's now a regular Tarot Buster listener and viewer and friend, and so you never know. So we mix it up a little and hope that we build the community. Other than that, we're done for without the community. As the article I wrote, I wrote, I, re <laughs> I didn't write it. As the article I read, the one I just read that I lost, I'll put it in the chat on the Discord so you can have it. As that states. All right, guys, I'm going to get unconscious. Remember what I say. We stick together. We win. Remember, it is true. I am Tara Devlin. That's my name. That's what my mama and papa called me. We are on the right side of history. We're on the right side of democracy. We are in this together. We stick together. We win. That is not crazy. That's e pluribus unum. Out of many, one. So I will see you. My name is Tara Devlin, as I say. I don't know why I keep saying that. You guys know it. But we'll see you very soon.